Welcome to Disability Talks, a podcast produced by Abilities in Motion. I'm your host, Shelley Hauser. Join us for real conversations and no-nonsense talk from everyday people with disabilities living their most independent everyday lives. Tune in for the latest news surrounding disability, accessibility, and independence, where conversations aren't dissed and stories that need to be told aren't missed. So let's talk. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Shelley Hauser, and today's guests are Vice President of Biller Reinhardt Engineer Group and Florida's Lupus Ambassador, Rob Reinhardt. National Walk Manager for the Lupus Foundation from Washington, D.C., Sarah Bentley, also joins us. Lupus is an autoimmune disease that affects approximately 1.5 million Americans, and they're here to tell us more about this disease. Welcome and good morning, everybody. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning. Hi, Shelley. Thank you for having us on today. Yes, uh, good morning, Joe. Thank you so much for hosting this for us today. And we hope to uh, you know, answer a lot of questions and provide a lot of information regarding lupus and uh, some of our uh, events that we have across the country and advocate and, uh, of course, always uh, inform. Thank you. And we're looking forward to it. That's why we do this show. So can one of you tell us what exactly lupus is and what causes this disease? Sure, Shelley, I'll, I'll uh, answer that. Uh, lupus is a chronic, which is long-term disease and can cause inflammation and pain in any part of the body. Uh, it's an autoimmune disease, which means that your immune system, the body system that usually fights infections, actually attack healthy tissue instead. Um, no one knows what causes lupus, well, lupus and other autoimmune diseases do run in families. Uh, experts also think it may be um, developed in response to certain hormones like estrogen or environmental triggers. Um, an environmental trigger is something outside the body that can bring on symptoms of lupus or make them worse. Do we know what causes it? Is it hereditary? Again, there's no known cause, and the challenge is that everyone's lupus is different. So it affects everyone differently. Um, their symptoms are not all the same. So that poses a challenge in research and uh, solving what we call that cruel mystery of, of lupus. So mm -hmm. I believe there are 21 autoimmune diseases. Is that correct, Sarah? I can't say exactly if I know it's 21, um, but again, if you have one, you may have multiple autoimmune. So with lupus, you may have also other autoimmune in the family or within your, yourself. Can you treat them all the same way or do they have different signs and challenges? Right. So there's no um, one first sign or symptom of lupus. Um, the early signs and symptoms of lupus are generally the same as the symptoms itself of lupus. So including extreme fatigue, joint pain, or butterfly rash. However, the early signs vary widely, again, from person to person. Um, so they can range from mild to life-threatening and can come and go over time. Um, again, common symptoms include extreme fatigue, headaches, painful or swollen joints, fever, anemia, uh, a butterfly-shaped rash on the face, uh, photosensitivity, hair loss, abnormal blood clotting, mouth or nose ulcers, pain in the chest on deep breathing with fingers turning white and or blue and cold. We, we do have a signs and symptoms checklist that one can download 
fill out and print and bring to their doctor's appointment to, to have that conversation with their physician too. Rob, do you just have lupus or do you have other autoimmune diseases mixed in with this? Um, yeah, I had a, a other autoimmune diseases mixed mixed in. And like uh, Sarah said, they, once you have one autoimmune, it seems like others uh, follow along or come with it. And that makes it somewhat challenging for diagnosis. It took about three years for a uh, diagnosis for me. And um, I had a, a wide range of symptoms for about three years with the uh, stiff and swollen joints, particularly in my hands. And uh, I was getting, we joked around with uh, the kids, you know, going outside in the cold, as, as cold as it does get in Florida, uh, my fingers would turn blue and white. And I said, oh, I have zombie fingers. And <laughs> of course, that was funny until they started hurting. And that was a little crazy. I didn't understand what that was. And uh, we get uh, a little bit of a rash, not too much on my face. Uh, some mouth ulcers, but also the, the headaches and fatigue and some uh, GI issues. So all that seemed very unrelated. And um, I had uh, my gallbladder removed. And after that, uh, a lot of the symptoms started increasing and evolving. And uh, I had to go to the hospital because they thought I was having an appendicitis. And it turned out to be a lot of inflammation in my uh, small intestines. So the uh, GI doctor on ER duty that night uh, suspected a little bit more going on, did some blood tests, came back and said, you need to see a rheumatologist, you have lupus. So once I got to the rheumatologist, she started going down the checklist, as uh, Sarah had mentioned about uh, taking to your doctor beforehand. Uh, and one of those was the, you know, the, the blue white fingers, the fatigue, the swelling, the stiff joints, the headache, put it all together with other lab work, diagnose lupus. But then I also have Raynaud's, which is the blue-white fingers, and also thyroid condition, uh, Hashimoto's. Uh, and eventually got a diagnosis of Sjogren's, too, as well. So some other autoimmunes come along with it. How did you feel about finally getting your diagnosis? Was it a relief or was it overwhelming for you? Somewhat of a relief, but a little, a little bit overwhelming because we really didn't know uh, what it was. And it was somewhat of a, a challenge at the time because we did not know what it was. And the only person uh, we knew that had it was a, a previous neighbor, neighbor of ours who, who passed away from it. So that kind of set us off in a little, when I say us, April and I, my wife, April, uh, off in a little bit of a panic mode to try to find out what this was and, and how uh, we were going to deal with it. So somewhat of a relief that we knew what it was and now uh, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. What brings you physical or mental relief from all of these symptoms? I guess not mental relief would be Finally, I mean, there's a lot of tests and diagnosis part where they have doctors uh, kind of corral all your, your, your symptoms and your um, what all lupus brings uh, with it, uh, starting with the neurological, your muscular skeletal system, all your, all your uh, organs and things like that. They, they kind of go through and, and, and check everything out with your heart, your lungs, um, 
your nerve system, things like that. And then finally getting all that corralled in and then start treating it. Uh, unfortunately, which I was a little bit shocked over was there was no cure for it. Um, and it was basically managing the manifestations of all, uh, all your lupus uh, symptoms and, and what it brings. So um, to me, it was more of a mental, okay, this is all the things we have to deal with. This is all we have to manage. Um, and then it's just trying to keep those in check all the time. So it wavers in and out of how you're feeling from day to day or week to week sometimes? Uh, it can actually can vary from morning till evening. Um, based on the level of stress or what you're doing or, um, yeah. So it, it, it varies greatly for me. That's interesting. Sarah, what do we know about lupus right now? What kind of breakthroughs are happening, if any? Yeah, so there is more research being done in lupus treatments than ever. Um, just last week, we received the exciting news that the FDA approved a new treatment for lupus. Um, so the FDA approved uh, Cefnello, a treatment for adults with moderate to severe systemic lupus, SLE, who are receiving standard therapy. And it is the third U.S. FDA approval of lupus therapy since 2011. And this expands treatment options for this um, medically under underserved and life-threatening autoimmune disease. Um, and then earlier this year, the FDA approved Lupkinis. For the treatment of lupus nephritis, um, a lupus-related kidney disease, which affects up to 60% of people with lupus. And late last year, the FDA approved Benlista, which originally Benlista itself was approved in 2011 after 50 years <laughs> prior to that of no FDA-approved medications for lupus, um, but Benlista to treat lupus nephritis. Um, and Benlista, like I said, was previously approved by the FDA for the treatment of lupus in 2011. So um, there's a lot of progress being made, um, but there's still work to be done to ensure that people with lupus have an arsenal of treatments and safe treatments to manage their disease. And um, more research needs to be done to better, better understand lupus and how to manage it and ultimately find a cure. Rob, are you on any of these medications that she talks about being approved? And do they help you at all with your symptoms? Yes. Um, back in 2013, uh, my rheumatologist uh, wanted me to, uh, to try a Ben Lista. Um, I was having trouble at the time of uh, ringing uh, tinnitus in my, my ears. Uh, pretty severe. Uh, so of course you have to do a whole bunch, bunch of other things, uh, ruling out, um, uh, hearing loss. Uh, and finally we kind of honed in on auto, autoimmune inner ear disease, which is tough to diagnose. Um, but some more blood work, uh, certain proteins, um, in your blood system, uh, had very low levels of, um, complements, I guess I should say. And with those, uh, she was like, okay, we need to get you on uh, another treatment, something that's a little bit more refined and less harsh. So we're, we're going to try Ben Lista. So she put me on uh, that back in 2013. And every four weeks I go in for an infusion. So that brought up my complement levels. And uh, that uh, so far, that's been working great. And not only has it helped with uh, 
the hearing, uh, but it has helped with uh, fatigue, the, the joint pain, um, and, and some other other symptoms. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't last a full four weeks, but hey, sometimes you're like, I'll, I'll take what I can get, and and, and it's it's a, it's a good thing. It's not as harsh as taking some of you know uh, all the steroids. The prednisone is pretty hard, so I've been able to back down off of off of the prednisone, uh, which is a one of the frontline treatments, um, but that has its other issues too. When you have uh, take too much prednisone, um, but anyway, yeah. So the Benlista has been very helpful. Your wife April uh, is also involved in organizing the walks down in the Tampa Bay, Florida area. Uh, she's been also part of a panel discussion, I think, recently. Tell us more about what April does as uh, an ambassador and, I guess, your caregiver. When initially we got into uh, figuring out what we were going to do with all this, um, we had to radically change my uh, way of eating. Um, well, I'll be the first to say I was not the, um, I did not have the best diet, put it that way. Don't like to cook, rather just have cereal 24 uh, 7. My general doctor was like, Yeah, you need to cut out some of this uh, processed sugar, flour. Um, he had uh, given me a certain uh, diet to follow uh, before we I was even diagnosed with lupus because I was having so many problems. And um, when I started reading it, I thought, oh, there's just no, there's just no way I can follow this. But April was like, no, we can do this. She is, a, of course, a good cook and a good uh, baker and was uh, adapting certain things and uh, eventually, we I, I came around to see, oh, yeah, okay, uh, certain veggies and certain uh, fruits and uh, things like that are, are, are good. So she took that over very well. Uh, so, but also, too, she's um, I've given her the executive authority to decide whether we need to go to the emergency room or she pushes me to the doctor because I have a tendency to say, well, okay, I have this... Uh, symptom or I don't feel really well. Maybe I'll just wait till tomorrow to see if it gets any better. But she'll be like, no, you need to do this now. So I like I said, I've given her the executive authority on uh, making those kind of decisions as well. Because sometimes I'm pretty stubborn. She has my back. And um, yeah, and she does get involved too. Um, She likes to talk to other uh, people uh, that have uh, family members uh, with lupus too. And just, you know, chat back and forth how they handle it. So they get ideas from each other of how they're dealing with it. So she has a a support network of her own as a caregiver as well. Yeah. 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 And that's great. Well, I think with that, we're going to take a short commercial break and we'll be back. Abilities in Motion is one of Pennsylvania's premier centers for independent living, existing to educate, support, and promote individuals with disabilities. Our programs are focused on providing opportunities for individuals with disabilities to live independent, self-determined lives. Abilities in Motion advocates for local, state, and national laws that protect the rights of people with disabilities. We are proud to create innovative and sustainable solutions and set trends using multi-focused approaches towards shaping national education, employment opportunities, in-home supports, and health care that affects the lives of individuals with disabilities. For more information about programs and services Abilities in Motion provides, call 610-376-0010 or visit our website at www.abilitiesinmotion.org. Welcome back, listeners. We're here with Sarah Bentley and Robert Reinhardt from the Lupus Foundation. 
Rob, your team's name is the Wolf Repellent Crew. And for our viewers on our YouTube channel, we can see the Wolf Repellent logo in the back there. How did you come up with this name and this this logo? Well, um, when uh, after being diagnosed with lupus, there was, um, uh, again, we were scrambling and trying to find information on uh, the disease and how to treat it and uh, find other people. And um, 2011 uh, in Tampa, uh, the Lupus Foundation uh, had the had a walk event, which is a which is a fundraiser, but also uh, um, brought people together in the community that had lupus. Just to, um, it was a great f- uh, function and the fundraiser, and but also a information and uh, a learning experience for uh, the area. So team name, Wolf Repellent Crew, uh, the Latin uh, term for wolf is lupus, but also facial, facial rash that uh, people come up with. Sometimes it leaves scars uh, for uh, the singer Seal has those pockmarks on his cheeks. So it resembles a wolf bite. So that's uh, some part of the, the, where the term comes from. So uh, we use the Wolf Repellent Crew. Uh, as our name. Brilliant. And you guys call each other the, the Purple Warriors? Is that right? Uh, yeah, I guess purple is the color uh, we use for, for lupus uh, awareness. And of course, everybody's a, war- a warrior fighting day to day on keeping moving, keeping um, themselves cells well, healthy, or just, you know, making it through the day sometimes. One thing I thought of was Selena Gomez, the singer. She really yeah. it brings to light a lot of public advocacy for, for lupus, I guess, on a national level. She had her kidney donated recently in, in recent years as well. Does she bring a lot of awareness and, and insight? And does it matter that she's a, a public figure that brings a lot of awareness to this disease? It, it does. I mean, if you think about in terms of her platform and her followers and her story and the, the, the way she talked about it, as well as her kidney transplant and with her best friend um, who donated the kidney, it's if you watch the interview, it's very touching. Um, and she's just got an incredible fan base, you know, that, again, it definitely helps educate because that's another challenge with lupus um, is in general, there's the general public knows little to nothing about lupus. So um, that's really um, a a focus of ours as an organization too, is to bring about that awareness and educate so that people know more about it and, and really to get through the challenges of there's just knowing what lupus is in general. And then kind of like, you know, with any other disease, you, you hear the word, you have a sense of what it is and then, okay, what are the specifics of it that I then have to navigate if I could have it? So that's where we're, why, why we're here and to talk about it and bring the community together. How do families with lupus and, and patients with lupus support each other either locally on a na- or on a national level? Well, that, you know, lupus can be a very isolating disease. It's, um, again, it's very challenging to um, explain to others, which we have resources on how you can do that to better explain it. Um, But it's, 
uh, it's really about connecting each other. I think, again, as everyone's lupus is different, a lot of people, you may connect with another and be able to share stories, learn also what might work for one person to another to then say, you know, I might want to bring that up with my physician to see if that's something that could work for me because um, the right treatment plan can take a while to figure out <laughs> um, as well as just in general, that diagnosis journey could take on average of six years. Uh, so it's been a long time by the time you may have gotten your diagnosis to then realize, okay, well, what's next as Rob was saying. So that support is really connecting with others. And we, we have resources for that. We have an online support group called Lupus Connect. We have a network across the nation of in, well, before the pandemic in-person support groups, which are now virtual, uh, as well as, um, I'll mention, you know, more in terms of our program, the services, uh, health education specialists to help you navigate your journey too. I don't know if either one or both of you can talk to the point of what are the stigmas surrounding lupus and what should the general community understand about this disease? Yes. Um, one stigma is that lupus is contagious. Um, lupus is not contagious. You can't catch lupus or give it to someone else. Um, another stigma is that lupus is related to HIV or AIDS. Um, lupus is not like or related to HIV or AIDS. Um, in HIV or AIDS, the immune system is underactive. In lupus, the immune system is overactive. Um, and then I think the main stigma is, but you don't look sick. You know, the signs and symptoms of lupus may not be physically visible to others. So this makes it difficult for others to understand. So communication and education, again, is very important when speaking with loved ones or peers about lupus. Rob, do you have any, anything to add to that as far as stigmas that you see in your life? Lupus is a woman's disease. Okay. Yes. Um, when we started, I started looking for information. Most of the information I found was geared toward women. So it was somewhat of a challenge too, to overcome that. And... Um, couple of the publications um, I got to go along with some of the, the information I received. Um, one of them was titled Sister to Sister. I'm like, <laughs> well, that kind of leaves me out. So, you know, it even goes back then, but it, it is slowly coming around. There's uh, men's support groups and um, there's very few uh, of them. And um, so that stigma is there as well, because I hear within these men's support groups, uh, a doctor had even said to one of them, well, you're you're not a female. You don't you don't men don't get lupus. So they have doctors telling them this. And so that's interesting. But only like one one in 10 patients or diagnosis is, is men. So it's a small percentage, but we are here. I would have to think that that's a similar stigma to men getting breast cancer, you know, but these stig these stigmas and microaggressions are what we need to crush and we need to talk about that and bring it to light. So I think the general society shouldn't make assumptions. Um, and I guess even the medical field can be wrong about it because it's not all the same. So lastly, how can our listeners find out, uh, Sarah, from a national perspective, where to get some resources and help from you and Rob in the Tampa Bay, Florida state, where they can sign up for a walk with the wolf repellent or donate to the lupus foundation or any of these wonderful things that are coming up. Yes. To get help, you know, visit lupus.org. 
Our website has a range of resources and topics from understanding lupus to living with lupus, how to help in lupus research, um, becoming an advocate. Rob's an advocate and he's been on Capitol Hill. Um, Sharing your story. That's um, very key and getting connected via our network of support groups um, and then even uh, speaking with one of our national health education specialists to help navigate your, your lupus journey. Um, Our website is full of information, but there are also, as I mentioned, people with the health education specialist, you can speak one-on-one, it's confidential um, as well. And Rob, where can they find you? Um, I guess if you just uh, Google Walk to End Lupus Now, Tampa, that website comes up and uh, you can they can scroll through there, find teams, can find the wolf repellent crew, they can find my name, and there's all kinds of links on there to uh, either form a team, uh, support a team, support uh, a certain uh, person that's already involved in the walk. Um, I guess Tampa has the walk as there, Sarah, is it Fort Lauderdale have a walk or is it Orlando? Yeah, in the state of Florida, there's um, Orlando, Jacksonville, Miami, and Tampa. That's right. Rob, when is the date of your walk this year in 2021? Well, we had to go virtual again for a We're going to have a nationwide uh, uh, national walk day, and that's going to be October 16th. And so people can join in online. They can get out and walk wherever they are in, in the nation, and they can donate directly online to either the national group or your group as well and find teams, right? Right. Yes, that's correct. Yep. And then are you on any social media that is directly lupus related? Just my walk page. And uh, I post stuff on Facebook. And you have your T-Rex as your mascot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once in a while, we'll have to put out uh, a Lupasaurus. Yes, the Lupasaurus. And uh, everybody can recognize Rob Reinhart with his purple hair that he dons for, for lupus month. And uh, so we'll, we'll look for that. So. Well, thank you very much, Rob and Sarah, for joining us and educating us and informing us on all the stigmas and the facts of lupus. I appreciate you joining us today for the show. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having us. Absolutely. And to my listeners, thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode of Disability Talks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Disability Talks. Want to keep the conversation going? Then visit our website at abilitiesinmotion.org or connect with us on social media. And remember, don't dis my ability.